It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jockey with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Lockdown Reds podcast on this Thursday. Today is Throwback Thursday, and we'll be talking in the first half of the show about Veda Pinson, the guy who, when I talked about Ed Roush a few weeks back, I mentioned that Ed Roush is one of the best center fielders in franchise history. The reason he isn't the best is Veda Pinson. Veda Pinson may actually be the best center fielder whenever you look at it. So we're going to talk about him. And then in the second half, we're going to look at some news and notes for you on this Thursday. But before we get to that, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Make sure you check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And also look up the website, LockedOnReds.com. Let's get rolling. So today we're looking at... One of, you know, probably, I'll go ahead and say it, the best center fielder and really the best example for Nick Senzel to look back at former Red center fielders and say, you know, I want to emulate this guy. Because when it comes to Veda Pinson, he had an absolutely phenomenal career. He played 18 years, 11 of which were in Cincinnati. He was... You know, he, he moved on from the Reds after the 1968 season. And for the final seven years of his career, he bounced around to Kansas City, to the California Angels for a few years, the Indians, and also the Cardinals. The Cardinals were actually right after he left the Reds. But while he was with the Reds, he definitely experienced his best seasons. As a hitter, he constantly hit in the low 20s as far as home runs are concerned, you know, 20 to 23 range. There's some couple of years that he didn't hit 20 home runs, but for the most part, he was right there. RBIs ranged anywhere from 80 to 100. He topped out at 106 in 1963. And really his best season as a Red was in 1961 when he hit 343. In 607 at-bats, he played 154 games that year, and he hit 343. He finished third in the MVP race, and he also got a gold glove. The ironic thing was he didn't make the All-Star team, which, that being his best year, you would have figured he did. But as a whole, he was a complete center fielder. When you look at it, he was an absolutely phenomenal fielder. Like I mentioned, he had that gold glove. And even when it came to his offensive game, you know, he hit homers, but he also stole bases. He had a number of seasons where he went 20-20. In fact, you know, 20 home runs and 20 steals. And, in fact, in 1960, he had 20 home runs and 32 stolen bases. As a Red, he actually accumulated more stolen bases than homers. He hit 186 homers in his 11 years in Cincinnati, and he stole 221 bases. He's the kind of guy that when we look at Nixon's, uh, we really want to see a complete game. I don't think you want to, you know, peg Nixon's as a 
a singles hitter or a home run hitter. I think he's got to kind of be a jack of all trades in that respect. And so far, what everyone has said as far as scouting reports are concerned, Nixon Zell looks to be that kind of a guy. And Veda Pinson is the kind of guy that he should emulate. The Reds signed Veda Pinson before his 18th birthday, and they actually gave him a $4,000 signing bonus. And that really spoke to the talent with which they saw in him, and he repaid them. He only took two years in the minor leagues to get ready for the majors, and then they called him up. As I mentioned, he had that complete game. It was interesting to note that whenever he was first called up to the major leagues and he got his first chance at major league camp, he was timed at 3.3 seconds from home plate to first base. He had crazy speed. And in fact, it garnered comparisons to Mickey Mantle, Hank Aaron, and even Willie Mays based on his all-around ability And it was funny because historical accounts show, and by historical accounts I'm referring to Sabre.org, they were talking about that first season. His first home run came against the Pirates. He hit a grand slam for that game, and he actually kind of looked back on that as something that he didn't like because he said as soon as he hit it, It was like in his fourth game, I believe, that he was playing. He started to think of himself as a slugger and then started to just focus on hitting home runs. He wasn't being an all-around hitter and just taking what the pitcher gave to him. He was forcing his swing so that he would hit a home run. And wouldn't you know it, his batting average dipped down below 200 by May, and they sent him back down to the minors. While at AAA, though, he figured out what it was that was holding him back in his swing, and he was able to compile a robust batting average that earned him a September call-up in that same season. And once he was called up in September, he never got sent back down again because he was installed as the red center fielder from then on. But it's funny because when you think about his career and his accomplishments statistically and all this other good stuff, probably the greatest achievement that he made was Frank Robinson counted him as his very closest friend in the world. In fact, he had mentioned, Frank Robinson did, he said before Veda Pinson came up, he really never had a close friend in his life. And then all of a sudden, they really became good buddies, and they even had apartments near each other. And in an interview with Sabre.org, you know, Frank Robinson is recalling his time as friends with Veda Pinson, he said that they ate breakfast and lunch together. They were always with each other just as brothers. And he really counted Veda Pinson as his absolute most best friend. And when you're talking about one of the greatest players of all time in Frank Robinson, that's, that's a pretty good accolade to have right there. But I just kind of wanted to spend a few minutes talking about him on today's pod. I felt like with, you know, talking with Ed, talking about Ed Roush a few weeks back and kind of comparing how we want Nixon Zell to turn out, I thought Veda Pinson was even a better example of a center fielder that we hope Nixon Zell can be. And I mean, I'm not saying Nick Senzel is going to be Veda Pinson in his rookie year. And in fact, who knows, maybe Nick Senzel plays center field for a few years and then moves to second base whenever Scooter Jeanette is no longer a rip. We don't know. But Nick Senzel could do a lot worse than to be compared to Veda Pinson. And 
that would be phenomenal if after, or at least midway through his first season, we can look at Nick Senzel and say, hey, Veda Penson's got some company up there maybe here in the future when it comes to best center fielder in Reds history. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. I'll be right back after a few ads. We're going to look at some news and notes on this Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Reds podcast. We're back and rolling here on the Lockdown Reds podcast this Wednesday. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the podcast. Just a reminder, you can access the Lockdown Reds podcast via your smart device once you get into your car or wherever you might have your smart device with you. Just simply activate the voice function and say, play podcast Locked On Reds. And it's nice and easy. So with Wednesday, there was the Reds were off on Wednesday. Not a whole lot of news coming out of camp. But there is, you know, with the off day. So Thursday... They play the Dodgers, and Sonny Gray will get his second spring training start. So we'll be looking to see how he does there, how he looks in that start. His first one last Saturday against the Padres, he pitched two innings, gave up just two hits, and had three strikeouts. So we'll see if he can build on that momentum in game two. Then there was also an article, and it kind of talked about some things that we've been looking at with the outfield that C. Trent Rosecrans had in the athletic looking at Scott Shebler and what his role might be on the team. I thought it was pretty cool. You know, it had some quotes in there from Scott, and he had a nice quote where he's talking about how whenever the Reds made the big trade to bring both Puig and Kemp over, you know, he kind of had a human response like, oh, my goodness, what – what's going on here? What have I not done right? How do I improve and all this other stuff? But, you know, C-Trin asked him, you know, how how are you approaching it, you know, from the team aspect? And Scott Shebler said, after what we've been through, who am I to say what won't make us better? I think everyone's on board with winning games. It's been such a long road that we don't really care what our role is as long as we're winning ball games. It's a great mindset to have. I mean, when it comes to the last five years, who's to stand up and say, you know what, my playing time is far more important than the trajectory of the team, the success of the team. And I think Scott Shedler understands that. He's a smart dude. And really, he's not a guy that I'm thinking, you know, I think he's still going to get a good number of at-bats. I don't think he's going to get every day at-bats by any means. But he's still got the talent in there. And they even asked, you know, C. Trent Rosecrans kind of gave him a poignant question there. He's like, do you feel, you know, at least from the outside, it seems as though you've been forgotten. You're like the forgotten man. And Shebler answered, he's like, not with the coaching staff. He said, um, I feel like I've always been under the radar my whole career. It's just part of it. I don't mind being in the shadows. That's fine. I'm not the most polarizing guy to interview or most polarizing guy on the field. I just go out and do my thing. And as long as the coaching staff sees it and understands it, it doesn't really matter to me. He's a baseball guy. I mean, there's no two ways of saying that. He just goes out there and plays baseball. Tells, you know, the coach tells him what to do and he goes and he does it. And you got to admire that. I think that that blue collar attitude is just it's an easily attractive trait 
for any player, really on any sport, but especially in baseball. And I think Scott Schebler is going to have a nice year. And, in fact, he's one of the reasons that you look at the Reds and you say that they're super deep because, you know, if Jesse Winker gets hurt or if Yasiel Puig gets hurt, then Scott Schebler is going to see everyday time when one of those guys goes down because he's a pretty decent hitter. I mean, he improved his batting average and on-base percentage last season. Sure, he didn't have the power numbers and all that other stuff, but I definitely think he garners a major league roster spot. I definitely don't see them sending him down to AAA to make room for someone else. He's one of the best 25 players on this roster, without a doubt. So I don't necessarily see him being forgotten. And lastly, on this Thursday edition of the podcast, I wanted to check in on a former Red. This is something that I tweeted out earlier. Daniel DeWitt Bailey, some may know him as Homer, is currently experiencing his comeback season. He's got the ability to just really revive his career and maybe even, you know, kind of say, hey, look at me, Reds, look what you gave up. So far, that's not happening too well. Comeback season isn't looking so great here in the spring. And I know I mentioned that spring training stats don't tend to mean anything, but when Homer Bailey is the guy that we're talking about, I think it's worth quoting the fact that he has a 10.6 ERA. You're right, 10.6. He's given up a few runs there. Now, he's only pitched three and a third innings, right? So in a spring and small sample size and all this other stuff, and he even said in an interview he's not worried about his spring stats. He he says he never thought he had a good spring. But when you don't have a good regular season, maybe you want to have a good spring. I don't know. That's just me. I did see something on, I think it was the Royals SB Nation website, that he is in the runnings to make the fifth starter for the Royals. And uh, you know what? Best of luck to him. If it's something that he can land on his feet and maybe still have a productive major league career, then more power to him. But so far, comeback season looks like it's going a little rocky for good old Homer. That's going to do it for us here on the Thursday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. Tomorrow, we will have the second iteration, the return of Wick Terrell. He's back on the podcast. I'll be having him in for Phone It In Friday. Of course, that is weather permitting. I heard there's supposed to be a pretty crazy snowstorm up there in Colorado, so hopefully he's all right. But look forward to that. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you do that, you'll get the automatic download. You won't even have to go in and manually do it, and it's there ready for you whenever you've got your morning commute or if you want to listen to it at your office, your desk, whatever it may be, subscribing is the best way to get the podcast. Make sure you also check out our social media accounts, Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And look us up at LockedOnReds.com. We're getting ever closer to the season, ladies and gentlemen, just two weeks away from opening day. Also, don't forget, I did see the tweet about this as well. This Saturday, 
They will have a limited number of tickets at the Great American Ballpark ticket window, and they encourage you to show up early, as in they are allowing people to show up as early as 9 a.m. on Friday to camp out for those tickets. I did see, though, that they will give each person a wristband for to denote their place in line. They will have people check, though, so... Don't try and leave. You'll lose your spot. Anyway, that'll do it for us on this Thursday. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.